I'm a writer. I love writers and I coach writers. So it makes sense that I'd interview writers from all areas, blogging, TV, film, songwriting, podcasting, but also the new writers, the first timers that did it, that took the plunge because at one point they heard from someone, you should write a book about that. Today, I talk with the very funny comedian, Anna Vocino, who dedicates the most part of her week spreading good nutrition cheer on eathappykitchen.com with her own line of sauces and spices. She also appears as a co-host for the podcast Fitness Confidential. I met her at a podcasting panel recently, and she inspired me to bring back my podcast, so I figured... She should be a launch guest. And she just called us MILFs talking about business. And I love that because we're attractive. You can't see it, but but we are, right, Anna? We're claiming it. We claim it. <laughs> we're claiming it. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for coming Thank you on. Thank for having me. I appreciate on this it. Show. I love being a launch guest. You're a launch guest. I'm coming Amen. back. I'm rebranding. I don't even know how, but I am. We're doing it right now. We're in we're doing we're it in- right now. It's unfolding in process. Listen, it's the authentic. Everything with branding is moving in an authentic direction. So it's authentically unfolding before our very ears and eyes right now. That's right. That's right. You lucky, lucky listeners. <laughs> and speaking of lucky, I won the raffle at that event. I met you and I you got did. to, I got an array of spices and you got bottles. everything, I think jarred sauces of which I love anything that's free. So I've rifled through it immediately. And I did the barbecued spice on the chicken. So So knowing this, knowing this is not a cooking show, we're talking about writing. I do have to pause for a minute and say, why barbecue? Why barbecue? Well, Mm -hmm. this was a, this dry, all of my recipes are in my cookbooks, right? which by the way, I never thought I would write cookbooks. I'm sure we're going to get into that. Yeah. But um, all of my recipes are in my cookbooks. So when I decided to start selling them and scaling them up for manufacturing, which it's a whole process to scale things up. It's not like you could just make it in your kitchen. It's going to taste exactly the same. They're making it in professional kitchens. They have different ingredients than you use. Then you go to the grocery store. And so this is one of my more popular recipes called the pork chop dry rub for my first book. And I love it so much. And it it mirrors the, a couple of different spice rubs that I love from my early days as a child, but without the sugar. So oh, that's why that one. And also it just kind of has the right flavor profile to go on pretty much any piece of meat. But also today I'm doing an Instagram live where I'm making Seattle dogs, which I don't know if you're familiar with Seattle dogs, but people in Seattle are crazy for Seattle dogs. And it's a hot dog with cream cheese and caramelized onions. And so I'm oh doing, of course, God. without the bun, but I'm going to, I'm going to use a barbecue just in the cream cheese part. So give it a little barbecue flavor. Well, that sounds it. beautiful. I'm going to bastardize li- their beloved dog. I lived in Seattle and I never, ever heard of that. I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe, maybe it wasn't my time. I this think was- it's a late night drinking after a Seahawks game situation. That's, Did the, a lot that's of that. the vibe I get for my Seattle Did a friends. lot of that. Yeah, never I, ate I a hot dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry you missed out. <laughs> I missed out. Now you I know. must have I must have just been on a booze diet. So, okay, so your ch- childhood pork rub. Tell me about that. Was that with your mom? So your mom? No, 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 was, no, no, no. Oh. Restaurants. Restaurants. Like, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my mom was a single mom. She worked literally 
she had her full-time job. She left at five in the morning to go to, she came back, taught piano all night. She took odd jobs. She went back to school to become a minister. So then when you're a minister, you're out. Like I was the quintessential latchkey kid in the seventies and eighties. And so right. I taught myself how to cook. I only was allowed to watch PBS. So I watched Julia Child and the Frugal, Frugal Gourmet. Oh, I and love it. I don't even think we can talk about the Frugal Gourmet anymore because now he's had a me too thing, but there I said it. So, oh, really? I know. Isn't he like 95? Yeah, but apparently back in the day. Oh, I know. God, is is Dr. Spock is next. (laughs) Our precious Dr. Spock, which was very confusing as a child, by the way, because your mom had the Dr. Spock book on the shelf and then you'd see Mr. Spock on the Star Trek and you're like, what? You're like, are they the same Leonard Nimoy is very smart. (laughs) That's what I thought when I was little. Smart guy, very smart All right, so you went to restaurants that had the rub. Well, yes. And I mean, listen, I would watch cooking shows, but we didn't have the economic means to have all sorts of these delightful, fresh ingredients. And my lots mom had the butter. best she could. Right. Butter is expensive. Lots, lots of butter. No, we didn't have all that. <laughs> and we didn't have bottles of wine to put in pour all over your <laughs> right. bourguignon. No. So I kind of, I always joke that I learned how to cook from watching cooking shows. And from then I got a job working for a catering company. And when you chop a million onions and red peppers and- Right. Know, make the salmon roses and do the things you kind of get those skills dialed in on the job. So okay. I just always right. loved food and flavor. So yeah. it all, it all kind of came back to that. Well, the yeah. chicken came out fabulous. I, I, I Wonderful. didn't. Yeah. And then we could talk about this for, for so long, but I just wanted to say that Books. I have your cookbook, right? So, and I love this. I'm just going to read a passage that I loved from your story in it. There are a bajillion science books, which anybody that uses the word bajillion is like an instant friend of mine. Like but I also love the word. Obviously not a scientist. I, I love the word not a number. Scrillion is a favorite of mine. Yeah. So there are a bajillion science books written by smarty pants people that explain the years and years of damage we've been doing to ourselves by eating foods with processed sugars, grains, and gluten. Go read those books to shift your paradigm and then use this cookbook to apply a new way of eating. I love that. I think that's great. And I think it's great that you're admitting you're not a science person. You're just someone who like, you've had this journey, right? So you had, you found out you had celiac. So tell me a little bit about that. Cause that's sort of what drove you to get into this whole industry, right? Well, bless you for extrapolating that one sentence because you've already done more work than probably 85% of my readers who then write me and they go, well, why can't I have it? And I'm like, I don't, (laughs) let me stay in my lane. I write recipes that taste yummy and then Mm -hmm. adhere to those rules. I, I also can't be a scientist and a doctor and your and read your lipid panel. Like I don't. Right, right, right. Know, we exactly. offer support. It, it's interesting because, you know, I have a I have a PR team and I get quoted in magazines and publicate, which is awesome. But they're they're always like it, it's something with our quote unquote clean eating or healthy eating personalities, which I fall into that we are also responsible for put, putting the science behind it in mm. to be quoted. And I'm always like, I don't know. Cause they're like, tell us why this is healthy. I'm like, what define healthy? You know what yeah, I mean? You, anyone, spends, for everybody. anyone spends two minutes on like the FDA site or anywhere to look up, you know, nutritional value or regulations. It makes your head spin. It's, well, it's, and everybody's it's, doing it's, something different. A vegan thinks something is healthy, whereas a carnivore thinks something is healthy, whereas somebody who's doing low fat thinks something is healthy and someone's doing low carb. It's all different. So it depends on what you're, again, mm-hmm. using the word paradigm, what that paradigm is. So right. I appreciate you extrapolating that. How did I come to all this? Yes, it came 
from a diagnosis. I do have a background in entertainment. I've been very lucky to work as an actor and a voice talent and a comic for decades now. And you're and funny. I watched some of your clips. They were very funny. You. Thank yes. you. Yes. And, and to be able to make money doing that is amazing. The, the one really disempowering thing is that you have to wait for the phone to ring. There are more opportunities now for you to create your own content with social media, right. TikTok, all that stuff. And, and I, that's what I always tell budding creators to do. Go make content and make good content and get good at making content and learn what your voice is, because that's going to be very valuable and what you're paid for. But sometimes you're still waiting for the phone to ring. Right. In between those times that they say they want to pay you to make some things or right. act in things or do the show or whatever. So I was diagnosed with celiac in 2002, which is exactly 20 years ago. So I was 28 mm. then, and okay. now I'm 49. And so, and my mom was diagnosed and she was 58. And now I know too, from hearing children being diagnosed, I'm like, it's better to know at a younger age because my mom's Absolutely. health was so bad. Right. Mine was like, eh, you know, I was 28. It's the things were like, well, I guess this is just what it means to be getting older. And then things right. healed. And then as I, I, I basically tasted what was at Whole Foods at the time on the on the little tiny gluten free end cap. It wasn't it was terrible. The, it was terrible. It was like cardboard. It was like eating I, a cow's hoof. I ate. I bought this bag of cookies at the Whole Foods. No joke. <laughs> it, and it was a Whole Foods in Reseda. And no joke. It was seventeen dollars. And these are yeah. two thousand two dollars, which might as well have been a thousand dollars to me right. you as a starving you, actor. You, you could have bought yourself like a whole outfit for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I know it's whole paycheck, but a $17 bag of cookies is absurd. So, but I still bought it because I was like, I need cookies. I was having that, I call it the temper tantrum phase. Whenever you get a diagnosis and then they tell you, you can't do this <laughs> or that. You have a temper tantrum until you make peace with it. And so then you know, my cookies, like I'm so spoiled or something. Um, and I took a bite of the cookie and it tasted so bad. Like, you, what'd you say? A horse hoof, a hockey puck? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I threw the bag across the room like, like it was snake bit. Like I was like, no. Right. In and anger. I vowed yeah. in my Tara moment to never eat <laughs> shitty gluten-free food again. And in fact, I'm going to figure out how to make the things because mm. my thing was like, I want people to be able to come over. My friends are my family. So I want my friends to be able to come over and eat some things that I can eat and they won't know it's gluten-free. So that started the right. blogging, the, okay. the recipe writing and the love of food all kind of came into that play. And also for me, 2002, we didn't have a lot of social media and creating your own content. So right, I could no. cook food and then put a recipe up on the internet and get instant feedback of people making it. You know what I mean? I didn't have to wait for my agent right. to say, you have an audition. Okay, now you have a callback. Okay, now you have a network test. Instant okay. gratification. Instant gratification of something you've created. Was your, you writing, was your writing on the blog, did you start off really like funny? Did you feel you had to write funny to fit the mold no. of what you were before? I actually am super brief in my recipe notes. I might do a sentence or two and I might tell a quick story, but here's where I've left a lot of money on the table. If anybody's out there thinking of food blogging, do you know how you go to those recipe writing, recipe blogging is what I mean. You know, you go to those wet, you, you Google like, you know, chicken, brownies, broccoli, brownies, lemons, or whatever you have right, on hand. Right, you want to make the right, thing and right. you get the recipe and to become, to land on the first page of Google for any recipe you have major search keys. And the reason why they have all those search terms, this is SEO 101, by the way, guys. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the I'm reason learning why about the brownies that came up that I made last night. You okay. All you want to know is how to make those brownies, but you click on the thing and it's like a life story or a, a, a whole long thing. Oh my God, it's so annoying. I don't it, care. Just tell me you how know much why? freaking butter. 
because Google rewards those search terms. They're put in there specifically in that particular order. So for that thing to land on page one, two, and then you get the pop-ups and the things, and that's how they make the money. So So write more, write lots more. Kids, do you like making money? Because apparently I don't, because I don't like that user experience and I've chosen to never do it. So I've left a lot of money on this Here you are a writer. You could be funny. You could be writing so many stories. You could be doing pictures of yourself. You could be doing clips to your YouTube where you have a, like a, like a monologue on food, but no, you're just to the point. Yeah. I'm very to the point because I want the user experience to be, you get the recipe. And that's great. That's appreciated. Another thing that I learned in the recipe world because I would make other bloggers things and we would do roundups and what are they called? Adopt a, adopt a blogger, you know, so I would make so-and-so's thing and then so-and-so would make my thing and we would trade off. And it's a way to like publicize your stuff to cross pollinate your audiences. Right. 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 Great idea. And a few times I made things and they just didn't work. And I was like, what do you do? I'm good. at. Well, you, you, you go, that was delicious. I really loved so-and-so's thing or whatever. You, you can't like say like, it didn't work. They're making one of your things. Right. You have to write a glowing review. It's such a oh, weird thing. So I kind no. of, I know it's yucky. So what I learned though, is because then, you know, being in Hollywood, having lots of friends who are food producers and they're mm. like, oh yeah, no, it's a known thing that if the recipes don't work, they blame, they blame the user, but they still print them anyway, because they got to get content going. And, and that to me was like, that's the yuckiest thing. I feel I so much relief. Do you don't understand? Because I actually find it like something personal to my character when a recipe yeah. that I followed to the letter literally doesn't work. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like there's nothing I could have possibly done wrong. Or like a friend of mine would be like, oh yeah, you can make cookies out of like black beans. Right. And I tell my kids and they're like, that is a really bad idea. And I'm like, no, 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 let's give it a spin. I had this brownie with black beans at my friend's house. It tasted just like a brownie. Then I make it and it tastes like a pile of shit. My kids are like, why would you ever serve this to us? Get out. (laughs) You are no longer our mother until you make chocolate chip cookies. So I I feel much better about that. I really, really do. There are sort of these insider things where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like that. And for me, I maybe could have produced more content, but at what cost? Like I want right. my recipes. To, I'm already writing gluten-free. Then I changed my focus in 2012 to be grain and sugar-free with the exception of right. my dessert recipes do have some mm-hmm. sugar. And mostly because I have celiac and I can't tolerate fake sweeteners. So that's, that's probably why I get the most one-star reviews is that people don't understand that this is, you know, your stevia, the stevia lovers don't like you. They don't like it because they're, I'm encouraging sugar addiction and I'm really not, but I will tell you from experience now, having done this for at least the podcasting, blogging and publishing part of it and seeing hundreds of thousands of people 100% of them eat sugar and or grains again, because we're human beings and you can't Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, by the way, there's this ideal you're supposed to hit and you're never going to have sugar ever again. Right. What? Like it's setting yourself up. It's setting yourself up. And what happens is then, then people go away and I know why they've gone away and then they come back heavier than ever and they want to get healthy again. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. So just know mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's your internal journey and everybody's different. Anyway, side note to that, when you, when you create these recipe blogs, which I've chosen not to do, I just got brief into the point and um, told the relevant information. And there you go. 
So well, when you write comedy, let me ask you this. Yeah. When you write comedy, isn't that fairly, it's fairly short, right? Comedians have to move on to the next idea, right? You can't yeah. really, I mean, some comedians tell longer stories. There's, sure. the highly, there's some that are extremely talented at that. But do you find that when you would write as a comedian, was, was your writing short and sweet? Or would you have to meander for a while till you found the joke? It depends on your writing process. Sometimes some things take a lot of writing and then you really par parse it down. And mm -hmm. and then other times the the joke or the premise comes to you really quickly in in just the perfectly worded way. Or that's why comedians always record their set on stage because sometimes your brain will rewrite on the fly instinctually and you'll come up oh. with a better way to say it. I've been saying that joke for six months this way and then all of a sudden your brain changes it and you're like, that's it, I got it. Oh, it I is. love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Listen back and yeah. So the podcast that, that you're on with Vinny, I guess yes. he's done like a thousand of these or something. Do you script? <laughs> no. So <laughs> Vinny came to me in 2012 and he had trained me a few times and he's great. And I love him. He came to me in 2012 and said, <clears throat> I wrote a book called fitness confidential. And I called William Morris. And by the way, calling William Morris means he called his writing partners agent at William Morris. And I called William Morris and they said, we cannot help you with this book until you have a platform. And he said, what's a platform? And they said, do a podcast. That's great. And he That's goes, well, I used to have advice. a radio show. Right. It is great advice. And this is 2012. Like the writing was on the wall, like get, build up your audience, you know? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I did a radio show in New Orleans back in the eighties. I don't, but I don't know how to turn a computer on. And by the way, personal trainers in Hollywood up till that point, built their entire careers off of being private. You know what I mean? And not, right. Not like you're not going to say that Brad <laughs> right. Pitt like so that, ate too much over the weekend and we've got to get his, you know, right. Yeah. Because, because you'd be the first one to be fired and then you're out of a job and then you need the, the reps to tell everybody to hire you. So right. That, you know what I mean? So he had built his life being completely incognito. <laughs> so they, he's like, <laughs> I don't have so a platform. But yeah, conundrum. it was interesting. And, and how things, how different things are and how, it goes against what we were all taught was, which is to not be self-promotional in a right. certain way. Right. And exactly. now we have to, do, we had to learn that right. skill. Mm -hmm. So it's he came true. to me and said, I've heard you produce podcasts because I used to produce this podcast for uh, my husband and uh, the writer of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, David Hornsby did a podcast called Yoda and Me. It's not, it's not up any longer, but it was like a cult classic, got millions and millions of downloads. That was scripted. That was, Where is that? You can't find it anymore. They took it down. Oh, that's sad. It was great. It was amazing. But I produced it for them and it was a, a lot of fun and, but a lot of work. And so when Vinny came to me, he's like, I want to do it about fitness. And I was like, I don't see how I fit in here. Like, I just don't, I'm not <laughs> doing, like no, I'm not yeah. a fitness gal. And very quickly he said to me, just read the book. And I was going on a girl's trip and I had a little iPhone four in 2012 and I took the PDF and I read it when I was up with like vacation, uh, not anxiety, what's it called? Insomnia. You know, how you can't sleep in a bed. Right. It's the not first your... so, night. So yeah. Reading it. And I read it all the way through in two nights. And it was such a good book about his 30 years in the fitness industry and a little bit of prescriptive stuff, like how to lose weight mm -hmm. and how to get healthy. And mm -hmm. his story, he, he basically during the writer's strike battled cancer and couldn't everyone was unemployed. So he had a shitty year and he basically got off sugar. His oncologist said to him, why don't you not have sugar? The studies are just starting to come out that sugar feeds cancer. So that again, 
I'm not a scientist. So if you hear this and you are intrigued about that statement I just made, go do research on your own. Go do research on your own. (laughs) Um, But that's his experience. And I'm repeating his experience. And so he stayed off of sugar ever since. He has a a very good medical reason because he had a rare form of leukemia that he should have been dead within five years. Well, now it's 2022 and it was 2007. So his story was so great. I was like, I don't even know where this is going, but I said, yes. And I know I said this in the podcast panel. Sometimes you say yes, and you don't know where it's going to lead. I know everybody, right. You just leap. Everybody has this thing where like, if it's not a hell, yes, it should be a hell no. And I very rarely have had hell yeses in my life. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a reluctant personality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I've I've actually, I've actually, I've heard from like very spiritual people that usually when a yes is right, it's actually very calm. It's not like, yeah, when I'm like, yeah, with something, I'm like, oh, I'm about to date the wrong guy. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Or I'm about to get into, or I'm about to get, you know, into business with someone who's going to be like the nightmare client. Right. But usually when it's just like you're saying it's yes. And it's just confident and it's calm and it's exploratory Mm -hmm. and it's interesting it leaves you almost with low expectations, but it also leaves you open to explore opportunity and to see where it goes. And I think those are the best situations, I especially so for writers right now. Thank you. <laughs> anytime you can come on the show anytime to be validated. <laughs> Maybe I'll make that part of my new like rebrand. Maybe I'll validate every guest at the end. Oh my God. I'll be like, and now we're segueing to the validation, the validate Him you. the validator O'Hara. So listen, that's how kind of how it turned out because I said to Vinny, why don't you come over? Because I had remodeled my garage into my studio. That's where I did my voiceover. Yeah, people don't know this is our first our first podcast in my remodeled garage. For those congratulations, thank you, thank you. So you are in your remodeled garage in my remodeled garage, which is that's what we do in Southern California. We turn our garages into (laughs) extra space because we don't have any extra space. That's right. Uh, so I did that and he came over and I, I talked about it with him and we basically, and this is what I tell people who are going to podcast, come up and you're going to have a co-host, make sure you communicate your expectations, their expectations, and be really clear about it. Because I said a couple mm-hmm. of things, cause he wanted to do three episodes a week. He really wanted to hit the ground running like a radio show. And I said, that's fine. We're going to record them all on Sundays. So we do do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Sundays. It was exhausting. And, and he wanted to do them the length of what you should do on your cardio. They're 90 so minutes. An hour. Yeah. And oh, they're, the, the, the one I, yeah, they're the an one hour I to 90 minutes. And that's, and I'm that's like. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot people of People don't realize when you podcast, there's a lot of, there's the setup, there's the prep, there's the technical, there's the interview, there's the keeping the energy high. It's, it takes a lot. A lot. Three, three in a day is a lot. Three in a day is a lot. So it would take yeah. us all day. So do you have any plans to do another cookbook? Yes. So I've done two, Eat Happy and okay. Eat Happy 2, T-O-O. Okay. Okay. And um, I'm doing Eat Happy Italian food. That's going to be Yum. out, but it won't be out. Now that, here's the thing. So Vinny self-published his book. And that's when he basically, because I was able to witness somebody who did that. Yes. I was able to do it for my first two books. Now I'm traditionally publishing the third book, the Italian Good. book. Good. So, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing though because we were building this audience. I have a really rabid fan base because of what I learned about recipe writing and sticking to my guns and like I never publish a dud. If 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 something changes from a cup to a half a cup or whatever, I will make the recipe again and retest it because that's my pet peeve is people like, "Oh, well let's just change the thing and then it'll work." And then people make it and it doesn't work. Right, you right. You have to test you have your to recipes. change it. 
Okay. So I talked to a few people in publishing who, you know, friends of friends and someone so-and-so has a book agent and this, that, and the other thing. And I would talk to people and the feedback that I got at the time was, who, who are you? We don't know who you are. You, right. Why are you doing a book? Why are you qualified? One lady, one book agent, really famous book agent said to me, you should partner with a celebrity chef. And I was okay. like, hey, what? Why? Why would they park? They have right. their own thing. I'm doing right. a different thing. Like, this right. thing. like you just, by the way, I've learned that in meetings like that, people just say shit to get you out of the room and just to oh, say yeah. things and just like be done with you. Absolutely. We, we have Absolutely. enough people of your kind, or we don't, we don't need to, the, we don't need another low carbor or, or right. for, for actors. It was always like, we have plenty of brunettes your age or whatever, you know, and you're like, right. okay, right. It's just, right. what I, it's what just I did, a thing yeah. to get you out of the room. When I used to be in the movies, they'd be like, we love the script. If you could come back with Tom Cruise attached, we'll make it. You'd be like, yeah, okay. That's basically like, we're, 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 we want you out pretty much. Cause I wasn't going to get Tom Cruise. One time, this is totally off topic. One time. <laughs> so, we need one veer. We need one veer. We off need topic. one veer. So this is, we're in, Par and I know this lady doesn't work at Paramount anymore. So I don't know her name. I don't remember her name, but so we're pitching a show that has two female leads in it. And so myself and the other actor in their pitching with the writer creator, right? Okay. And we did a pilot presentation. We have the script. We have it. So we have the whole pitch going. We're in Paramount. And the lady, the executive goes, this is great. I love it. I love it. But it was like two, you know what I mean? You're like, okay. You're like, okay. Like, are you signing? Like, what yeah, is like, this are you going, buying right? it in the room or like what's happening? Like, and you know, Hollywood people, like when they yeah. show too much enthusiasm, it means they're not enthusiastic. Right. Like, exactly. They had a drink possibly before, before possibly, breakfast. you don't know. So <gasps> then she goes and she was like talking and talking and then, you know, then the assistant's like, yeah, it's great. It's great. We love it. We love it. <laughs> Like, it's just so it's like you're it's like you're being it's a pumped. mind trip. It's a mind yeah. trip. It's yeah. like it's like a spoof of Hollywood is happening right in front of you. Right. And then she goes, wait, what are your names again? And I said, oh, Anna. my God. And I said, Anna. And she goes and, and then my co star goes, Andrea. And she goes, oh, you should call it the Anna and Andy show. We we're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it wasn't a variety. It was like a scripted thing. We we're like. Uh, okay. Like it was one of those things where I was like, oh, we have to get out of here. Like this is right. And then suddenly it's not even the show shit. you're pitching. Right. Exactly. What is happening? No, I know. So anyway, I know. when that I happens know. as a creator, as a writer to tie this back to knowing your voice, if you've created enough of your own content, you know, your voice, people are going to say dumb shit to you all the time. And then hopefully it's just a funny story that you tell on a podcast of some idiot right. at, at Paramount who maybe meant well, or maybe was high on cocaine. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I've gone to pitch sessions and have people light themselves on fire. So, I mean, I don't even, you know, that was, I, I've seen, I feel like I've seen it all. All right. We could do, this is like a yes. whole other episode. I know it's a whole so, other thing. Anyway, we back have to, to writing we, books. No, we yes. have to wrap because I, part of my, part of my thing is that we end in 18 minutes and, and we've been doing this for 34 minutes. Oh, so now I have to edit yes. like the shit out of this thing. <gasps> I didn't or just, know that. I'm so or, sorry. Or, I would have been or just way let more it, brief. Or just, or just let it go long. This, this might be part of the rebrand. This rebrand might be happening right now. The show might now be 30 minutes. Okay. What did we not cover that we can do in a future episode? What, what would your 
listeners um, like to know about, I can talk about self-publishing. I can talk about publishing deals. I can talk about building an audience. I can, t- any of that stuff. That why don't, you- why don't we just leave it? Why don't we throw it out there? Why don't you okay. send any, you know, you can email me with any questions that you might have for Anna that you might want answered in the future. Maybe she's going to be a re- great return guest. Definitely go out and buy her cookbooks. Um, and you know, go to her website, eat happy kitchen and buy her spices and buy her sauces and, and just support her because she's changing. She's changing. She's not just changing the way you eat. She's changing the way you are. Right. Oh my God. (laughs) I guess I am. Okay. I guess I am. All right. Well, you put it that way. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure. You've been listening to, you should write a book about that. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.